Welcome to the Hey Travelpreneur podcast, your go-to for real-world travel marketing tips and strategies to help you create the thriving travel business you've dreamed of. And now your host, Nicole Barrett. Hey, Dina. Welcome to the Hey Travelpreneur podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Nicole? I am good. It's so good to see your smiling faces. Your smiling faces. Your smiling yeah. face. You only have one. one face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel blessed and I feel special because I get to see your face and listeners get to hear you. Oh, thank um, you. But it's always nice to see your smiling face. And I'm going to tell you, like, whenever we get together via video, I'm always like, <gasps> I feel so happy because you just <laughs> have this really awesome, like, happiness aura about you <laughs> oh, thank you know I, I I really appreciate that but you're definitely not the first person that told me that so that makes me feel like super humble yeah believe it let it yeah. resonate in your soul I love it <laughs> thank you I'm glad that people can feel that uh <laughs> coming that from energy. you yeah, and I can see it, which is good. Well, I'm glad you're here. And other than your good energy and your bright smile that you're bringing, we're going to be talking about some really good stuff today because we're going to be talking about uh, what questions travel agents should be asking accommodations, suppliers, anything or any business that they work with on how to, uh, or when they're planning a trip for uh, a child or someone with autism, correct? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, awesome. All right, so before we get into it, tell the people about Dina. Who is Dina? <laughs> so I'm Dina Farmer, owner of Lillian Magnolia Travel. Um, it's a full-service uh, autism travel agency, and I help other families with autism because, full disclosure, I'm a mother of a child with autism, and he's, he's super awesome. Um, and then I have a neurotypical toddler, <laughs> um, <laughs> And we are a military family, and we've been truly um, fortunate to be able to travel the world um, <laughs> on the government's dime. But <laughs> um, it's it's been really exciting, and uh, I love what I do. And I'm just waiting for things to get back to whatever the new normal is. <laughs> whatever that is, I, you know what? Right. I, I can't even fathom it right now. It's just you know whatever that new normal is mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to be fine this is it is be fine Nicole. it's going to be fine <laughs> <laughs> well that's good and and you know i've seen your story um on social media we've talked quite a bit uh we've actually talked via video a couple of times which is which is awesome yeah um and i i see your i've seen your story and i know about you know your child who's autistic and i've spoken to you while you're sitting in your car <laughs> while he's at therapy right yes <laughs> That's where I record most of my podcast episodes. So. Yeah, we recorded a podcast episode in your we car did. while you were waiting. I mean, several times we've gone down that road. But, you know, so tell us a little bit about your your story, because we're going to be talking about traveling with autism kids, autistic mm -hmm. kids as well. Um, tell us a little bit about your travel story. Like, so what does that look like for a parent, for a mom, for a guardian, um, traveling with a child who is autistic? So my son has what is, um, it, I think it used to be called Asperger's, but now it's high-functioning autism. Yeah. Um, so it took a really long time for us to get that diagnosis. Um, so before, I didn't really know what was going on with him. It was just really frustrating for him. Um, and it, you know, it was equally as frustrating for me to travel with him. But once we got that diagnosis, then I started learning about 
all the therapies that we had to go to and the strategies that we learned in therapy, such as like finding quiet places for him or giving him time or not planning 75,000 things to do when we could just do two things <laughs> in one day, yeah. you know, um, or just giving him space. Like I remember we took a trip to Disney World and he, uh, I tell the story over and over because this one's like fresh in my mind and it's like literally the last travel we took before that big trip to Turkey. Um, he was going to go on the Twilight Tower of Terror with his dad and unfortunately he was just too scared and I just said, that's it. We're going home. Well, not home, but to the hotel. <laughs> and we just stayed there for the rest of the day because it was like, yeah, we spent a lot of money, but at the same time, like he just is so overstimulated that nobody's going to die just because we didn't get to spend a full day right. in the park, you know? Um, and right. it was actually better for him because he got to hang out at the pool and he got to play with some kids at the playground. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just in general, like a much better trade-off. <laughs> I know, but I think though that, I mean, I don't know, but I would assume that when you're making the decision to, mm -hmm. to stay or not to stay, it's a tough decision to make because yeah. you also have a second child. Right. Right. Yes. I think I'm a little bit lucky in that my second child is only three right now. And right. at the time we went, he was like 18 months, so he didn't care either way. But I think as they get older, that'll be a, a path that I'll have to go down to like, all right, well, real, we could take turns. Like, mm -hmm. like one of us will go back to the hotel with my son, oldest son and one will stay with the youngest son or we'll all go back and we'll make a compromise in what we're doing. Um, right. But I, I think that as they get older, that's going to be a conversation that <laughs> it's <laughs> going to have to be had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Conversation mm -hmm. and probably an even tougher decision to make as you move along. But you know, it depends too, because I, I mean, even oh, speaking is. of the three-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> are you joining our podcast today? I love he that. Is. He did last time too. <laughs> he did last time on the yeah. last podcast. I remember. <laughs> well, that's good. That's fine. But you know what? He's at a young age now, but I was mm -hmm. going to say that, you know, um, you know, growing up with, with, uh, my own childhood growing up with, um, you know, with his kids, my age, older or younger, you tend to be very fierce and protective about the differences about the people in the people that you love. And I see right. that as well in my 15 year old, he's very hardcore, like defensive about everyone around him, no matter how different they are. And he will go hard for them. So the reason why I'm saying I'm bringing that up is I'm thinking, okay, you know what, when, you know, when your second child has been brought up in this kind of environment, I, I think he's going to be like very defensive of his older brother. And I think that it's yeah. going to be much easier. I think so. Think. And, you know, I've already noticed that anyway with him is that even at three years old, he's very like, mom, no. Like when I'm scolding his brother, yeah. or, you know, or anything like that. Or if somebody's being mean, he says, don't be mean. To right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> this <laughs> generation is three. a little bit different. I think right. you're going to be okay. The yeah. kids are going to be all right. Oh, but so that's too. good though. But I'm sure you have many other stories, um, and we could probably talk about them like this whole podcast, but I'm sure you have many stories about traveling with a child with autism, right? Mm -hmm. And tell me, what does that typically look like from when you're packing to when you are going to the airport to when you're at the airport when you're flying? What does that look like generally for, for you and the family? Um, so typically, if we're going somewhere, so... 
Um, for instance, when we went to go see my family in Turkey, like I showed my oldest son a lot of videos of places that we could possibly be visiting um, while we were in Turkey so that he wasn't like, ah, where are we going? And he, right. you know, feeling completely out of control. Um, so I would show him, share with him those videos. He's traveled a lot thanks to the military, so the airport hasn't been really difficult for him. But I know that if somebody's never flown before, um, I, f I think that they should sign up for one of those programs that we talked about before, such as Wings for Autism or Wings Over uh -huh. Autism. Uh -huh. um, and I know that other places, I just read an article from JetBlue that they have a program um, for autism to do the same exact thing, um, but it's through JetBlue only. Um, okay. And then once you've gotten through, oh, actually, step back just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up for my favorite program, TSA Cares. Um, to, to um, you know, help you get through security easily right. and to not be as scary and then to keep the child, especially with autism, with the family while going through security is, like, paramount. And they also have a program in the UK called the Sunflower Lanyard Program, and it's it's very similar to TSA Cares, but I know that they it's that's for all the UK um, airports. Okay. So awesome. <laughs> I know, and and yeah. I'll I'll link to some of these in the show notes because so let's back up a little bit because mm -hmm. this is great information for travel pros, travel agents, travel advisors to have to say okay, what can I let these parents or whoever is traveling with this child know? What what right. resources can I offer them? And one of them, I know you and I talked about Wings for Autism. Mm -hmm. You could just expand on that a little bit, and then just expand. I, I know many of them already know about TSA Cares. But if you could just expand on that and then the link to the UK program, I will put in the show notes because I saw the article on that too. I think I actually read that because you shared it in your Instagram oh. story. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I thought that was very interesting. I saw the landing with the sunflower on that. I was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, that is so awesome. Yeah. But can you expand a little bit on the Wings for Autism and TSA Cares? Yes. So Wings for Autism is a program run by the ARC and basically it's a dry run of getting ready to fly. So you'll check in at the, the front, um, oh my God, what is it called? The check-in desk. Yes. <laughs> and they'll quote unquote, take your luggage and, and, you know, put it on the plane, quote unquote. And then you will go through security and it's the whole nine yards of going through security and what to expect while going through security. Um, and then once you're through security, they'll actually put you, I mean, you go, you know, through the rest of the airport and they'll actually put the whole family on a plane and sometimes they'll taxi and other times they'll just sit on the tarmac. But most, I think most of the time they taxi just to get that like feeling of oh, wow. getting ready to go, which is, I mean, I know it spends a lot of fuel, but I, it's, it's such a great program. So like, they actually do that. And mm -hmm. like, okay, perfect. And that's a dry run that can obviously, be, obviously the drive run, dry run. So right. you're doing that, doing this before you travel. Yes. Are you doing it closer to the date of travel or is there like a cutoff? Um, I don't think there's necessarily, I just, I know they're not doing it right now because of COVID, but right. um, I don't believe there's a cutoff. I think it's, I would recommend doing it like at least a month or two before you actually fly, um, okay. especially if your child's never flown before. Um, and then that way they, they are more comfortable with it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I would also highly recommend that if you're working with a client to talk, have them talk to their child's therapist mm -hmm. to come up with some strategies as well of like how they can keep them regulated and um, like what kind of items they would feel comfortable with bringing on the flight so that they, you know, right. don't have a meltdown on the plane. Cause you know, it's, 
it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm doing know. that. Well, I don't know, but I know you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you said TSA Cares, which um, is a fantastic program in which you sign up for 72 hours before your departure. Um, and what they do is that they will meet you at security and you'll tell the, um, the TSA officer that I signed up for TSA Cares and they'll look you up really quick. And then um, they will I, – I have um, – is it called TSA pre-check? So yeah. we didn't have to wait in line as long, but once you go up to like the very first officer you see, you can tell them that and they'll allow you to go into, um, it's not really skipping ahead, but it's lessening your weight. If that makes uh, sense. Okay. So they'll expedite you through security. And that means that they don't have to go through the x-ray machine. Um, they still probably have to go through the change machine or the, sorry, the change machine. <laughs> The metal detector. Put me through the change machine, please. <laughs> For real, I need to be freshened up. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but they'll put them through the metal detector, and then everybody in their party will go through it as well. So I remember I was like baby carrying, and so I had like my my oldest son holding my hand, and then my baby and my baby carrier, and. <laughs> going through the metal detector and they pat us down, which is, that is something you have to expect is that they will receive the pat down. And um, I, f I really recommend that you disclose if your child is very uncomfortable with people touching them because unfortunately like that is not an opt out. Right. Um, so they'll do that pat down. And then after the pat down, you can elect to have a, a TSA officer walk you all the way to your gate, or you can just say, all done. But I was like, I'm by myself. I'll take <laughs> all the help I can get, you know? Um, uh -huh. And then it works as well on the return flight, as long as you're returning from a domestic carrier. So if you're in, I don't know, if you're flying from here to Milwaukee, for instance, and you're flying back, yeah. <laughs> then you can get TSA to come back for um, your departure. So okay. it works all the way around. All the way around. Love that. That is such, that is brilliant advice. Brilliant advice. All right. So that is, there are, those are a couple of resources that they mm -hmm. could use. Okay. Yes. So let's say now a TA is working with a, a client who has a child who has autism mm -hmm. or, you know, and they are now working with accommodations and suppliers. What, question should they be asking the suppliers and or accommodations like what should be going through their minds to make this a great and seamless and as best as possible situation right. for their clients so i think like right off the bat one of the biggest things is that parents with um a child with uh, any kind of disability need a break right <laughs> they feel a lot of fatigue so the number one thing i always think about is does the kids club if they have a kids club do does the staff there have training um, with disabilities or special needs, whichever definition you want to use? Mm -hmm. um, because that's the biggest thing. Because I know um, from a, a previous um, interviewee that I had on my <laughs> podcast, her daughter got checked into the kids club, but the staff didn't have training. So when her daughter had an autistic meltdown, they called her because they couldn't console her daughter. And it's like, well, that's mm -hmm. failing the mom then because you said right. you could take care of her and you couldn't. couldn't right. So I think the number one thing is to make sure that they have that kind of accommodation um, in place. And if not, then I would definitely look elsewhere, um, mm -hmm. such as like the, I know the IBCCS, which we've talked about before, um, right. has several like uh, hotel accommodations that list if their kids club um, is autism or special needs friendly. And then I think 
the next two, well, three biggest things is if they have a pool, because I feel like autistic children, well, children in general, right? But I think right. autistic children love the water. Um, so if they have a pool, if they're allowed to be loud at the pool, because I recently read an article about a place in the Philippines that was like, kids aren't allowed to make noise. Like, what? what? <laughs> okay. Where are these kids? Where are they, where are they breeding these kids? That I don't know. I don't know. It's like, okay. <laughs> even, like, even the neurotypical one that's sitting in my lap, like he makes noise nonstop. Like, come on. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and then if the pool has lifeguards, because, you know, it's, it's just safety really. Like, you know, drowning is you, so easy and nobody could hear you drown. Like, so that's right. a big thing. And then I think the very last thing I would ask for if I was a travel advisor, oh, I am a travel advisor, but... <laughs> We're recording this like right before winter breaks. <laughs> I know, I know. So we'll stick up in there. I'll just allow yeah. you to get your thoughts together because what you know, the people listening, what they don't know is that um, you and I just decided on a whim just to record this, right? Yeah. And we're all we're both in holiday mode, and I know <laughs> before we decided to record this, I was just about to like you know have some eggnog with like you know <laughs> drop or two of rum. And <laughs> I was organizing my closet and we're like, okay, you know what? Let's hit the record button. So yes. So yeah. go ahead. We, we get it. We get it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and then, well, well kind of like actually 2.5, but the very last, well, like the last two things is um, if they have the availability of security, added security. And that's something like, um, if they can provide a door alarm for the hotel room, because I'm, I'm very thankful my son doesn't do this, but some autistic children elope, which means that they um, wander. Um, so being able to have that available and then having accommodations in their um, gift shop, like adult size diapers or, okay. you know, anything of that nature. And how do you know if an accommodation has this? I typically will call the front desk and try to talk to um, the manager or the GM of that location to okay. um, confirm that these things are available. A lot, because I think we've talked about this before. Is like suppliers will say like we're autism friendly, but it'll be like right. super tiny fine print, <laughs> right, right. or they will only be but yeah, yeah. <laughs> in these ways and not these ways, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, okay. So are these questions that they could also be asking the suppliers or do you recommend, even if you're booking with a supplier to contact the, the hotel accommodations uh, directly? I think both. I okay. think absolutely. And during the booking process, I would, you know, whoever your POC, um, POC, look at my military talk, um, <laughs> <laughs> your point of contact is, um, yeah. I would, I would ask them in the email or if you call, or if you're calling them, I would ask them those questions because they should be able to find the answers to those questions. Like while you're booking, it shouldn't be a big deal for them. Just like when they're trying to find out if you have a travel credit or not, you know? Right. Right. So, Okay. Well, awesome. Okay, so similar to how accommodations will have some sort of certification, whether mm -hmm. it is very fine or very bold, whether it is comprehensive or <laughs> few and far between, right? You know, travel agents can also get certifications as well. Yes. To become cert uh, certified, or I mean, I'm sure you can explain it even better than I can. So tell us a little bit about the types of certifications that travel pools or travel agents can get. Um, to show their clients that they are uh, autism, uh, an autism-friendly travel company. Right. 
Um, so I know there's two programs right off the top of my head, and the first one is the IBCCS, which I know that Nicole has been certified through in the past as yes. well. Okay, so <laughs> now I feel bad because <laughs> this was probably four or five years ago um, right. I became certified in this, and um, it's not renewed. It has not been renewed, so mm -hmm. I am not currently certified, but I did go through the certification process for something for a work for work purposes and then it went for a year and it, it lapsed so right. yeah <laughs> well I, I know with the IBCCS it's um a, it's an annual certification and you have to um do some training videos with them but yeah. you also have to do like four hours of continuing education so I'm doing a a course right now about autism um, and I wish that like all the stuff I got in therapy would count as well because I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm starting to become an authority at least on these terms that are used yes. like dysregulated and uh, like preferred and non-preferred activities but um, yeah it's it's really uh, it's I think it's really informative to let mm -hmm. a travel advisor know in general like what autism is like what it is and how right. to be more aware and accommodating. That, that's what I found though. So when I took the test, there were mm -hmm. videos that I had to watch and I found the, the just being introduced to, to the sensory, I'm, I'm sure I'm using, I'm not using the correct terms here, but to be introduced to like the sensory patterns of, um, of an autistic child when they're traveling and what they go through at the airport or what they go through walking through a hotel lobby everything that they see, everything that they smell, everything that they hear, just to be exposed to all of this was very eye-opening to me. And so I went through that period and then they went through some technical terms, they went through some technical ideas. And then from what I can recall, and you can let me know if, if, they, if it was that for you, there was a short test at the end of it that had yes. several questions, right? Well, more than yep. several questions. Um, I, th I think that I can't remember how many questions it is. I have to take the test again. Yeah, soon, there were but some I, questions. Yeah, there's some an exam at the end, and then you got your certificate. Right. Certificate. I was very nervous about this exam. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Right. <laughs> I took the exam at the end, and then it was, I think I took it once. I can't even remember. I may have failed it the first time. Oh, but I know eventually I got my certification. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I yeah. I can't remember how many questions. I know I have to do it again really soon. So, and I was happy, man. I mean, I think I got one where I can print it out, but I think they also sent me one in the mail, which was very mm -hmm. exciting. And then yeah, they give you like a little badge that. too. I don't remember mail. a badge. Where's my badge? I, I know. <laughs> it's just a digital like. <laughs> Where's my badge? Oh, I <laughs> I want one. <laughs> I want my badge. Well, I can't have one now. It's expired. I know. You have yeah. to get recertified. But. I have to get recertified. Oh but, my gosh. Okay, so there's that. That's, there's that mm -hmm. one. And you said there's a, there's a second one as well? Yep. Um, I think there's another travel advisor named Alan Day who has a program called Autism Double Check. And I, I think it works very similarly to the IBCCS, but he decided that he was going to um, I know he has, also has an autistic son, mm -hmm. and he uh, created this program to certify hotel accommodations um, to be autism-friendly, and then he created uh, a portion of his website um, or his course to be for travel advisors. I mm -hmm. haven't 
completely looked into that yet. I'm looking into it. I just like, let me just look at it when the winter is over, but (laughs) the winter holidays, but I know that he offers, um, at least training for travel advisors in, um, and they, I don't, I think you become autism double checked, but I I have to double check that. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll double check it. And then we will put it in the show notes for you. So Dina's going to send that to me. Yes. We're going to put in, put it in the show notes so you have access to it. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. That is good. And I know uh, you have a podcast as well where I I really wanted to, I think your podcast is mainly geared towards consumers, but mm-hmm. if they really wanted some more information, and I, I, honestly, I think you've done some really good interviews, because I, not only do I subscribe, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you've Thank had some you. really good guests, and so if people want to listen a little bit more about what you have going on on your special needs podcast, and hear some other stories that maybe their clients or future clients will go through, um, or are going through, they can find that at, is the, I'm going to pretend that I know. Let me, let me say it first. Okay. It's Italy and Magnolia Travel slash podcast. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. You're so good. You're so good. Yeah. But I will send you the link just in case. Yes, please. <laughs> I can find the link on my own yeah. too. I'll also Sweet. put that in the show notes. But, and in case I got it wrong, guys, and in case Dina didn't even realize that I got it wrong, oh. <laughs> and she can't even figure out her own podcast link. Just check the show notes and you'll find it there. <laughs> It'll be there. But just a, a little caveat is when uh, my podcast comes back in January, I am changing the name yes. um, from the Special Needs Travel Podcast to, it's not much of a name change, but I pivot a little bit um, to the Autism Travel Podcast because I'm going to be talking almost exclusively, well, pretty much <laughs> yes. about autism travel. And, and that's how, folks, so you should understand that that's how this uh, podcast recording of this episode started because you and I were on the phone mm-hmm. and you were in your car, you were driving home yeah. and we started talking about your podcast and um, we were talking about rebranding your podcast and I was throwing yes. some ideas at you, you were throwing some ideas and we were just going back and forth and I was like, Dina, uh, I'm in the middle of editing one podcast right now that I don't really feel like putting out there. So you want to just hit record and just talk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally what happened. That is totally what happened. So, folks, you've got a really impromptu uh, podcast episode right now. I we I hope or we hope that you thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me or reach out to Dina. Dina, uh, give us. Uh, I mean, I know your social media handle, but where can people find you? Absolutely. Um, I spend most of my time on Instagram, so you can find me at www.instagram.com slash Lily and Magnolia travel. And remember that's Lily L I L Y. Everybody likes to add that extra L. It's only two uh, L's, not three. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Lily and Magnolia travel on mm-hmm. Instagram and I'll yep. add that in the show notes as well. Yes. And I'm same for um, Facebook, but I'm I'm not there as much. <laughs> that, I know you're definitely not there as much because you and I are forever talking away on Instagram. We are. Where are we sending voice messages? Oh my God. <laughs> let's not even talk about the voice message. I think the last voice message I sent you on in, in your Instagram DM, I think it was probably about 17 voice notes long. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why, why would you, why would you even confirm that? Why would you even say, I think you're right? <laughs> Instagram only gives you one minute of voice messages. And if I could record like 10, 
Then I wouldn't, you wouldn't send me 17. So. That's true. So you send me 10, I send you 17 back, and it keeps going back and forth. That's how it's going, folks. Um, so definitely find her there. If you have any questions, find her in the DMs. Don't send her 17 voice notes like I have. I think seven is probably the maximum. Okay. <laughs> but thank you, Dina, for recording this with me. It was fun. It was impressive. Yeah. I learned a lot, and I hope that folks learned a lot, too. I hope so too. This has been so much fun, Nicole. It's always fun talking to you. So. Oh, same here, love. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Please do not forget <laughs> to not only listen, but leave us a review. And most importantly, subscribe. Right, Dina? Yes, please. Right. And leave please. a review. <laughs> leave a review. There you go. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us. Bye, Dina. Bye.